SAFM Sports Wrap. 29 to 7 on SFM, 104107. Hello and welcome to the PSL radio show, Njalo. I'm Dwayne Delocker and we've got a very busy show for you tonight. It's MT and 8 weekend coming up. We're going to be chatting to Ajax uh, Cape Town's coach, Roger Desar, about the MT and 8 uh, quarterfinal tie, uh, semi-final tie against Bidvest Fitz coming up on Saturday evening. We'll also catch up with uh, SABC analyst and legend of the game, Eugene Zwani, get his uh, unbiased, unpartisan views on uh, SFM as we discuss the MTN8 quarterfinals. We'll also catch up with a man who uh, had a most remarkable debut in South Africa. Not only did he score a goal, but he played in a match that lasted over two days. We'll catch up with New Zealand's Michael Boxall, who's now at Supersport United, and indeed Sundowns has a uh, rather intriguing um, uh, initiative for Women's Month, and we're going to be talking about that uh, later on in the show. But we start off with some sports news, and I can tell you that Dustin Johnson is off to a flyer. He's on six under through 11 and Holds the early lead during the first round of the 97th PGA Championship at uh, Whistling Straits in Wisconsin in the USA. The Open Championship runner-up, Louis Wistason, uh, leading an eight-player South African contingent at uh, Glory's last shot, the last major championship of the year, but certainly Johnson looking off, uh, looking to be set off in a perfect fashion. Uh, Thomas Bjorn is um, currently on five under through 15. Hideki Matsuyama among those on four under through 15 as well. So to Jason Day, but he's played 11 holes. Football news, Brighton Klonga's injury worse than initially feared. Orlando Pirates number one is uh, going to be out for between four and six weeks, it seems, and substituted in the one-nil defeat to SuperSport United. Uh, Eric Tinkler, though, wasn't too concerned, saying the player should be ready for the weekend. But it turns out Klonga's damaged his ACL in his right knee, which means he's off for surgery. And Equatorial Guinea goalkeeper Philippe Vona has an opportunity to impress in Klonga's place. Meanwhile, Helder Palembe is in line to make his Bloemfontein Celtic debut this weekend after receiving his work permit. The Mozambican striker signed from Orlando Pirates last month who watched the first two games from the sidelines. Further afield, former Kaiser Chiefs midfielder Madlama Sangwa has officially penned a deal with Denmark club Randers FC. According to the official Twitter account, the 26-year-old uh, signed a three-year deal with the top-flight Danish Super League Championship side. Masangwa has been a free agent for just over two months. His contract expired with the Amakosi and he refused to sign Chiefs' tabled offer. Cricket news, Sri Lanka trailing India by 192 runs in the first innings. We're 5 for 2 from 4 overs in their second knock at Stumps on the second day of the first test in Gaul. Kumar Sangakara unbeaten on one, and night watchman Damika Prasad was on three after India removed both openers in the first two overs. India replying to Sri Lanka's first inning score of 183 were all out for 375 just before stumps. And just finally, some netball news for you. South Africa facing England in their final qualification round fixture at the 14th Netball World Cup in Sydney, Australia, with a place in the semi-finals, the reward for the victor. Both sides have beaten Wales and lost to Australia in their first two qualification pool matches and meet in the early hours of tomorrow morning. That's your sports it's time for the PSL Radio Show. For all you need to know about the Premier Soccer League, fixtures, results, and all the latest news. Proudly brought to you by APSA. Today, tomorrow, together. PSL Radio Show. Eight semi-final weekend coming up. First leg, Ajax Cape Town taking on Bidvest Vips. It's going to be played at the Kutzenberg Stadium in uh, Stellenbosch this uh, weekend. Saturday evening at quarter past eight. Ooh, what an exciting time for Ajax Cape Town and Bidvest Vips. They've already met once in the league, and that just happened last week. Not the kind of result that Roger Desar might have wanted in the league, but certainly might be feeling that the cup tie might be heading his way. we got him on the line, though. Roger, thank you very much for joining us. Hello. Hi, Ryan. Great to be with you guys, and... Uh 
wet and rainy uh, afternoon here in the Cape. Yeah, well, I would. Lo- I, w- I actually wanted to say you sound very positive for somebody who's freezing and who's uh, wet <laughs> down in <laughs> down in Cape Town. What's the weather looking like for the weekend, though? Any any sign it'll let up? Oh, it's unfortunately something we can't control, Dwayne. It's uh, it's going to be wet and rainy the whole weekend. Um, obviously, that that drizzle that just keeps falling down, but. Yeah, well, it should be okay. It should uh, make for an exciting match, and uh, hopefully we can still play it and uh, and have some good football out there. Fair enough. Roger, if, if I can just ask you, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the the match and certainly the uh, three matches back-to-back against Pitvest Fitz, uh, you've got uh, how many players? Not not quite a first team of players missing, but you're missing at least half a team. What's it, six or seven players that are probably out? How does that affect your preparations? Uh, you know, Dwayne, look, injuries are part of the... I'm part of the game and we've got to live with it. But, you know, when you have them so early in the season, it, it's a little bit uh, disruptive and disturbing. Um, we're missing out about five, six players that would all be regular starters in our, in our 11. So it does affect us a little bit. But nevertheless, it opens up the door for others to step up and, and you know, put a claim to the to their spot in the team. Um, but we've got to go with it. We've got a very thin squad. We I've been traveling now with, with, with 16 players in the last couple of games. And uh, our training sessions are really, uh, you know, we've been playing a lot of uh, 7v7, unfortunately, because of the numbers that we have. But, uh, look, it's what we have and we've got to work with. And uh, uh, even with that, we've got a positive result against Pirates. And our performance against Brits in the league wasn't that disheartening. I thought we came back well and we could have got a lot more out of the game than the 2-1 loss. Uh, but, look, we, we're ready for it. We, we've got to go with what we've got. And uh, hopefully we'll put up a good fight and... and Get coming to take with us for the return game up in Johannesburg. Yeah, it's not so much about the performance necessarily, but about the result. And you got that result against Orlando Pirates, uh, for example. But I mean, do you feel that as a cup side, you are getting better and stronger when you consider that you finished the season so strongly, making the Nedbank Cup final just what two and a half months ago? Yeah, it is. Look, I think you know the belief is there amongst the players. They they got to believe that they can beat anybody now on any given day, and and that's what they've got. And uh, you know, we had we had three years a very Three bad years at the club where they never really got knocked out of. They got knocked out of every cup competition in the first round. They they struggled. They you know they were fighting relegation a couple of times. And I think right now with a young crop of new players that we've got, they're starting to believe in, in their own ability and, and what can be achieved. So hopefully we'll continue to do so and already reaching you know the semi final of another competition is putting us on the right track. So. Early days, but uh, a long season ahead of us. We're looking forward to getting our players back and, and obviously. You know, becoming a force in the PSL. Well, is there anything specific that you've been working on to do differently in Saturday's match from the uh, from, from, from the strategy or technical plan that that you put in place the, that eventually ended in that two-one loss? Look, you know, we uh, when you play a quality team like this, you know, you can't make too many mistakes, and that's an area of the game that we've got to improve on. You know, they, every time you make an error, they, they punish you, and we've been trying to. You know, study the videos and, and look at the mistakes we've made, and obviously try and make a lot less mistakes and uh, and then punish the opposition, which we do against. But we had a lot of opportunities and and we didn't, you know, we didn't take them. And uh, the last 15 minutes or so, we we could have scored two, three goals and turned the result in our way. But uh, it's an area we've got to do better. But I think it's finishing is, is an area that the whole country sort of cries about, and, and we've got to do our share. We've got to improve on that in that department, and hopefully we'll get better.
How do you feel about your defence at the moment? It's still a very young defence, but uh, they have been playing together for a little bit, at least with uh, Kutsia and Mubara. But uh, do you feel overall that you've got depth and ability and uh, the potential to have a slightly more solid defence this season, despite the fact that you've got among the best goalkeepers in the league waiting directly behind your defence? No, absolutely. I think overall we, we've done well. It's a very young defence. I mean, I can tell you that uh, you know the whole back four could play in the other 23. Uh, but Look, it's still it's a, it's a team that you know last year they were young and this year they're still young, but they've got a they've got a season under their belt. You know they they played a very good season. They were pretty successful, you know, in their own right in in, in Nedbank and uh, obviously in the league to finish. But so I'm hoping that they will improve with every game. And they they're young, they're 18, 19 years of age, but they've just competed another 30 PSL matches last year. So hopefully a little bit more mature and not as naive as they were. And, uh, you know, with every game and every season, they should get better. Well, if I can just ask you, it's it's always a, an interesting uh, approach, I suppose, when you're playing in home and away ties. But do you feel there's an advantage for teams that play their second leg at home? And what do you feel you need to do in your opening leg? Uh, obviously, there is. I think most teams that play the second leg at home have a slight advantage. Uh, but, look, I've, I've, won, I've won ties away and, I've, I've, you know, I've lost ties away as well. So... You know, it's one of those things. The difficult part is that, you know, the first game, when you finish that first game, you're only at half time. And, uh, you can't, you can't, you can't just put everything out there in your first match. You gotta, you gotta know that you gotta keep something in reserve for the second match. And also you, you can't go all out in that first match because you, you gotta be aware that you gotta take a, a result of you for the second game. You know, you gotta take something with you and, and the game's not over. So, you gotta be careful that, you gotta carry a result with you. You know, you can't have too many goals against you. You gotta, sometimes a 0-0 result at home or even a 1-0 loss is not, it's not entirely bad because, um, a goal away from home makes a massive difference. Yeah, fair enough. I think, uh, we all remember the way you managed to deal with Esperance in the CAF Champions League when you were coaching Pirates. You took a 0-0 to Tunisia and came back with a place in the final. So, uh, we certainly don't Absolutely, forget that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, those, those memories, I wish I could put them in a bottle and, and never forget <laughs> them again. But, yeah, those those are some things to talk about. You've got to be careful that you know it's not all over after the first ninety minutes. You know, yeah. you you've got to be aware of that. And uh, obviously, the game changes. There'll be injuries. There'll be loss of form. There'll be lots of different things that happen. And uh, you've got to be aware of that. So it's a pretty much a patience game that you've got to play when you play a two-legged encounter like this. Well, uh, Roger, to start, despite the weather and certainly uh, missing uh, half of your first team starters, I wish you the best of luck in your uh, first leg against Wits this Saturday. PSL Radio Show. Radio Show. This is FM 104 to 107, 17 minutes to 7 now. Let's uh, continue talking MTN 8, but we're going to get a non-partisan view now, having heard from Coach Roger Desar a moment ago, from uh, Orlando Pirates, German Cosmos legend, and a man who I now have the great pleasure of working with at uh, the SABC, uh, Analyst Supreme, Eugene Zwani. Eugene, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, Dwayne, and thank you. Good evening to all our listeners. Now, four remaining teams in the uh, MTL8, but let me start off by asking you about Ajax against Bidvestwitz. Obviously, uh, chatting to the home coach this uh, this coming Saturday night, <coughs> saying that he felt they could have got so much more out of the 2-1 league loss. I mean, do you read anything into that result, and, and what do Vitz need to be aware of uh, ahead of Saturday's match? Well, even by Gavin Hunt's own admission, it's a game they should not have won because uh, Ajax was so dominant in that game. Ajax had a very, very good game. And they deserved to win that game. So the fact that they played so well and didn't win means that they will try very hard 
in the semi-final to put a good performance but get the result. And uh, Kevin went on to say that uh, they put up uh, a very decent team, that even when they're not playing too well, they're still able to, to win. So there's a lot of stake uh, going into the semi-final, and there's a lot uh, that this previous encounter means to both teams. Now, we've heard from Roger de Sosa. I'd like to focus a little more on the, uh, the other MTN8 uh, semi-final first leg. Uh, Bloemfontein, Celtic and Kaiser Chiefs obviously going head-to-head. But Celtic, uh, Eugene, conceding three goals in their opening league fixture against Bulaguani City, despite keeping Sundowns quiet for 105 minutes in the, the MTN8 quarter-final. I mean, do you find the defence convincing, unsettled, or how do you see their defence? One of the defining characteristics of the Celtic team is their inconsistency. You know, they can put up uh, well-fast performance in one game and be totally dismal in the, in the very next game. So very, very difficult uh, to predict how well they'll perform in the next game. But it does look like when it comes to big-name teams, big encounters, they plan very well, they prepare very well, and they want to rise to the occasion. So Chiefs must be won that uh, 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 Celtic will want to beat them. Um, but yeah, for, for, for Celtic to concede three against Bologna City means that uh, Chiefs uh, on, a, on their day can actually demolish Celtic. Well, this is the thing. I mean, because as much as you talk about Celtic, maybe, I don't want to say traditionally have a, a bit of inconsistency behind them. I mean, Kaiser Chiefs, what do you make of them? Because they, they failed to score against Tin Man Chipper, but they scored five after going two down in their MTN8 quarterfinal. I mean, inconsistency from both defense and strike force for uh, Kaiser Chiefs for a side that is generally particularly consistent. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the issue is really is around the changes that have happened in the in the striking department as well as the defensive department and with Kuna not there uh, in that 5-3 victory it was a major factor for them but also the new defensive pairs Kulu and Naimato, they tried Kulu and then somebody else in the previous game so it's been it's been a, a very uh, tricky situation for coach Compella going into the into the team as the new coach but I don't want to read too much into that. I think I think Chiefs has a culture of doing well. Um, they've got the quality in their team. It's a, it's a question of the new players gelling, and they need a couple of games behind them to get to that point. We'll certainly see uh, Bloemfontein, Celtic and Kaiser Chiefs turning out to throw up a great deal of excitement, so too with Ajax and Vitz. But very briefly, Eugene, um, first leg against second leg, how important is it to, to stamp your authority in that opening leg? It is very, very key. Uh, often uh, two-legged ties are won in the in the first leg. You know, coaches know that you can't bank on on um, on doing well only in the second leg. And this away goal rule is a major factor. It's a major factor as well. So the team that plays away needs to grab away goals, and that puts you in a very strong position going to the second leg. Uh, but but it is important for both teams, home team and the away team, to do well in the first leg and set themselves up nicely uh, for the for the next leg. Well, uh, Eugene's right. It's always a pleasure to chat to you. So knowledgeable, so insightful. Thank you very much for your uh, views and enjoy the MTN8 uh, semi-final action this weekend. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you. It was a pleasure, sir. CSL Radio Show.
Now, I don't know about you, but I had this feeling of deja vu on Tuesday, watching Supersport United, and of course they're up against uh, Orlando Pirates, and Supersport United have a New Zealand player. Yes, I've seen that before. Oh, and suddenly he scores a goal. Yes, we've seen that before. Oh, he happens to be on debut. Yes, we've seen that before as well. The difference is, though, that this New Zealander had to wait an entire day to celebrate with his teammates the result of the game. And he scored the winning goal regardless. His name's Michael Boxall. He's the new Supersport United signing, and he's on the line. Michael, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hello, thanks for having me, Dwayne. Oh, now, i got to start with this. How did it feel to play a match that started on Tuesday and ended on Wednesday afternoon? Oh, that's <laughs> the first time I've ever had that. That was some experience. I thought only cricket lasted longer than a day, but <laughs> um, I guess in football, funny things happen, and that was just one of those moments. Listen, before then we, we, we get into uh, in, into the actual performance then, let's talk cricket for a moment, because your your uh, teammate Jeremy Brockie signed for Supersport United mm-hmm. when the Cricket World Cup was on, and because New Zealand yep. were playing so well, he was having to get up at all sorts of awkward times and hours to watch New Zealand <laughs> through to the semi-final. You've signed for Supersport United at the right time, at least, when New Zealand has come to South Africa for uh, for a tour. Are you a big cricket fan? Are you going to be watching it? Uh, yeah, we've actually got tickets to go along to uh, the games down in Centurion. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, whenever any New Zealand sports team come over here, we'll, we'll definitely make an effort to go along and check them out. What we're not going to do is talk rugby with you, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listen, congratulations on that winning goal on debut. How did it feel to uh, step out on debut and, and make such a contribution to Supersport United's success? I think it, it helps it helps you settle down. Um, but yeah, just happy to get the three points and I think... Um, more happy with the with the with the clean sheet that the boys got. So, but yeah, uh, under the strange circumstances over those two days, it was just yeah, very very much a relief to get the the three points. Now, Jeremy Brocky was was joking with me a short while ago, saying that for the other New Zealanders, it's uh, you know he he set the bar pretty high for you guys. But uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, I mean, it, it, does it make it a little easier relocating to another country when you have got a compatriot uh, like Jeremy Brocky, uh, an international teammate as well, waiting for you? Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah, before Brocky moved over here, we were pretty close friends. And um, so him coming over and then me getting approached by the club uh, and then wanting me to uh, come join him, I was I had a quick chat to him. And after seeing how happy he was here, I was yeah more than happy to, to join him. And how do you find the setup? I mean, uh, you're somebody who's, who's not just played in New Zealand. I mean, you've actually played in the MLS before. How do you find the setup at Supersport? Um, so far, the, the club's pretty pretty well run. Um, facilities all seem good, apart from from the lighting the other night. But um, <laughs> obviously, all the all the stadiums are top notch from the 2010 World Cup. So is you can't complain about that. So facilities wise and how the clubs run, it's all been top notch. And Gordon Nickerson as a coach, how are you? Uh, are you needing to adapt to his style, his philosophy? Yeah, I'm still still going through that. Um, yeah, he's very meticulous and. Um, it was probably very key to, to us getting the job done on Tuesday night and Wednesday. Um, so no, still, still, still uh, trying to find my feet and getting comfy, but he's, with how meticulous he is, definitely helps. Fair enough. So, so on the coaching side, still getting used to it. But uh, have you found your teammates, and uh, have you been able to learn how to pronounce some of your uh, teammates' names just yet? <laughs> Not all of them. Yeah, there's a. A few strange ones to pronounce on the back of shirts, but uh, no, the team off the field have been fantastic, and we've got great players on the field, um, so I'm hoping to contribute to that and seeing if we can pick up a few trophies along 
along the year. If I can just ask you about one of your teammates, David Matibula obviously set up your uh, your winning goal, took that uh, set piece nicely, but he was stretched it off shortly afterwards with blood gushing everywhere. Is he is he okay? How's he doing? Yeah, he was walking around. Uh, we saw him at halftime. He's, I think, he's got to get an x-ray, but uh, yeah, just a swollen nose. So it's made him look a little bit prettier. But um, <laughs> now he's a very, very talented player. We hope he's he's back for our next game uh, next weekend so we can, yeah, keep swinging in those set pieces like that. Sportsmen are all the same, aren't they? They love to talk about their, <laughs> uh, their teammates in flattering uh, ways. But <laughs> if I can go back, and maybe this might be a hurtful memory for you, but the first time I encountered you was I was commentating a match at the Beijing Olympic Games. Uh, it was New mm-hmm. Zealand against China. Is that, is, that, is that a poor memory for you, a bad memory for you because of the way it ended? You, you were leading yeah. much of the game, and then, and then what happened? Yeah, we uh, conceded an 89th-minute equaliser, so... Yeah, not not the fondest of memories, but um, although Jeremy Brocky did score in the first half of that game, a, a stunning volley actually. So that's definitely what I remember uh, positively from from the Beijing Olympics. That's right. And then the uh, the man that would go on, it, well, he was at Man United, I think already. Dong Fangzhou, he'd already made uh, made a name for himself as being the Chinaman that went over to to play at Man United, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael, you're somebody who also seen playing in different positions. I've seen you play at right back, at centre back, and I've seen you play in midfield as well. Where, where are you most comfortable? Um, I think recently I've been playing a lot at right back, um, so fairly comfortable there. But my natural position is I'm naturally a uh, central defender. Okay, but uh, in, in terms of the uh, the club and where they're asking you to play now, does it look like you're going to be settled in that right back <coughs> position? Um, I'm not too sure. That only kind of happened the day before. Uh, the day before the game, so the, the two or three weeks before leading up to it, all, Gordon had to be playing at centre back and then trying me out at right back the day before the game, and then uh, obviously that seemed to work out. So I think that might that might make his mind up because we've got quality central defenders in Bongani, Kamalu, um, and Denwood Farmer played very well on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then obviously Clayton Daniels is a very strong defender too. So I think between the four of us, yeah, we've got. We can cover centre-backs and right-backs pretty well. Well, uh, Michael Boxall, you certainly made a huge impression, uh, as did your uh, New Zealand teammate Jeremy Brocky when he came to South Africa uh, what, six or seven months ago. We wish you the best of luck as you continue your uh, career in the Absa Premiership. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. The SL Radio Show. Mamelodi Sundowns has a series of activities lined up for Saturday as part of Women's Month celebrations. These will take place at Mbulekwa Sports Centre in Atrichil, Pretoria, starting with a fun walk at 7am and will be followed by different sporting activities. Sundowns National Women's Coordinator Angela Kubega says their focus this year is on giving women a light on seeing their individual strengths. Women's Month is very important
And um, these kind of challenges, they change us from the woman of um, 1956 and beyond. Although the event is specifically for women, Kubega says everybody is invited and welcomes men. She emphasized, however, that she'll be happy to see more ladies because this is their month. And on the 22nd, in Artwickville, we have an event that we would be um, participating in. It's a community event of which it will start at 7 until 2 o'clock before the game because we have a match at 3 o'clock against us. So in the morning, we'll have a walk around Artwickville for 5K and the walk will include all the community members and we'll start from Boneca, then go around Artwickville, then finish at Boneca at 10. And from 10 o'clock, we have different sporting coats that will be taking place. They will have soccer, rugby, softball, netball, basketball, and tennis, of which they all run simultaneously so that we don't have um, only one specific sport being the focal focus, but everybody participating in different sports can also enjoy the day as well. And this is an invitation to everybody that please come in numbers. Let's celebrate our day. And um, so please, ladies, come to the activity. And then um, after then, we'll then all go to the stadium. <laughs> it's a bad day. Leave me alone. Okay, here. Yeah. Kubega says women have so much strength, if only they made time for introspection, take a step forward and empowered themselves through education. We need to, to start by self-introspection as women. We all have different talents. We all have different skills. And we need to capitalize on what we can do more than what we cannot do. Because immediately when we start feeling sorry about ourselves and um, have a lot of shortcomings that we take on our list, it's a, it's a big problem because what you feel inside is what you will give out to other people as well. So we have been pointing fingers that maybe it's abuse, maybe they have um, not so much conducive relations at home and this and that. But at the end of the day, we must make the decisions of the type of women that we want to be. Because it's no use of having to blame people for your actions, for how you feel, but it's how you react to all the situations that are taking place around you. And also we need to, to focus on education and we need to empower ourselves. We need to study. Kubega concluded by saying that she wishes all the women a happy Women's Month and that they must continue to strive for greatness. Women in general and also for our supporters, um, this is the time that our forebearers have been dreaming about, that they had visions about, that there will be a time when they will have opportunities that we have today. They never got to enjoy some of the privileges that we enjoy today, but they did their part for us. What is it that are we leaving for our successes? And um, we need to take this opportunity because they are not given that it will be forever. We are not young forever. We will grow old and we will lose a lot of opportunities if we don't take them. And we don't have to wait for anybody to give us those opportunities. We create them. We just like those that went before us, our predecessors. And for this month, have a wonderful month. And everything else that has been done throughout this month, Certainly second that motion from the uh, PSL radio show Segunjalu team, Shavon Chedi and me, Dwayne Delocker. We wish you for the remainder of Women's Month at least a very happy one indeed.
Putting out seconds to go to the top of the hour. Let me just uh, tell you this from the leaderboard of the uh, 97th PGA Championship. Dustin Johnson is leading by two now. He's still on six under through 13. Thomas Bjorn has dropped back to four under. But uh, South Africans, how they're doing? Ernie Els and Brendan Gray is currently on two under. And Rory Sabatini, Louis Wurstazen, of the eight South Africans participating, four are under par already. Is, uh, they are on one under. Ike Butler is going to be broadcasting next from the NRF lecture at the University of Pretoria. More sport tomorrow morning with uh, Janet Witten on on AM Live and then join Brad Brown 6.30 tomorrow for all uh, the latest sports news on SFM Sports Wrap. I'll be back on Monday but from the PSL Radio Show Sigurjalo team tonight. Producer Siobhan Chetty and me Dwayne DeLocker. Have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock. That was a podcast of the SFM PSL Sigurjalo Show. Catch me Dwayne DeLocker every Monday and Thursday from 6.30 to 7pm.